Are you ready to lighten up, tighten up, shed, and shred with plant-based protein? Antioxidant fruits, organic greens and veggies, plus gut health? For a fraction of the cost you are already spending, this super 30-day program may support you to build muscle, burn fat, reset metabolism, lift brain fog, increase productivity, break addictions, nourish, detoxify, and cleanse. Are you ready to look and feel your best? Replace 60 organic meals for only $11 a day with live, organic, non-GMO superfood nutrition delivered right to your door. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to superfoodswithjen.com. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and I am so glad to be doing the show today honoring women who have served across the country and around the world and now are veterans, and they're looking back on their opportunity to serve and reflecting on it. I thought it'd be an opportunity for us to get some insight into their experiences. My next guest today is Angela McIntosh, who's become a dear friend. I absolutely adore her. And so welcome to Success Happens. Thank you for the privilege of being here. You're welcome. And you've been with me before, and we did a great show. It's actually one of my favorite shows where we talked about God in country. It was profound. So you served in the Army. You left service as a staff sergeant, E6. You spent 13 years in the Army. So first of all, why did you join the Army? And then why the Army, not the Navy? That's a very interesting um, story. I felt compelled to join the Army, which was interesting because I grew up in an Air Force town. But I really felt compelled to join the Army, and I really do believe that that was um, divine intervention, although I would not have used that term at that time. But um, I joined because I, you know, for, for practical reasons, such as, you know, the ability to, you know, get out of my hometown and travel a bit. And, um, you know, get a little bit of, of, of money for college. I'm going to admit that. Um, but um, also, I just joined because, you know, I, I, I love my country. And, um, I, you know, I wanted to be able to serve. And, and of course, um, joining the military is a perfect way to get out of your hometown and be able to serve and get all these other wonderful benefits. So you went in the Army. And what, what was that like? What was your first several weeks like in the army i'm gonna be honest i hated it <laughs> did you i did because um it was it was so different from what i was used to um getting up very early in the morning um having to to go out at you know at like 4 30 a.m i didn't realize there was a 4 30 a.m till i joined the army <laughs> and you know to have to run you know you get out and you have to run real hard at 4 30 a.m and you're sweaty all the time and of course i'm talking about basic training um, I went to Fort Jackson, South Carolina in the summer. It was hot. It was humid. We were sweating a lot. And it was just a lot of intense physical activity and a lot of being uncomfortable. And so I had to adjust to that. So at first, I did not like that very much at all. But over time, you know, I came to greatly appreciate the Army service that um, I was doing. It, I just needed to adjust, adjust to the Army culture because the military culture in general is so, is so different from the civilian culture. My gosh, I, that would be me. I'd be hating life saying, what, did, what was I thinking, right? That's exactly what I said. <laughs> so, so what shifted 
what was the time, what, what was the moment that you realized you had made the right decision? I didn't have an aha moment exactly. I just gradually grew into it. It got into me so much that by the time I did make the decision to get out, I thought that was an easy decision for me. But um, it was actually, I actually had more of the army in me than I ever realized. And I had to adjust to being a civilian again. <laughs> so I went full circle in, in, in terms of that. So what was it like? I think a lot of people struggle with that transition. What was it like to, to adjust to becoming a civilian? The adjustment had to do with um, slowing down a little bit, to be honest, because in the, the military is, is high energy. And so when I got my federal civilian job, um, and I would be given a task to do. I would finish it lickety split and I'd kind of work myself out of any <laughs> any activity to do because I finished the assignment so fast because I was just used to having to be efficient and, you know, taking an order, do this. OK, I'm going to do this. I work at it. I'm done. OK, what's next? That piece was was different for me. I, I realized I needed to pace myself a little bit more. And uh, another thing that was different for me is that I was just used to an environment where people just did what they were told. When I got my federal civilian job, I, I had to manage this dynamic where if you went to somebody and you asked them to do something, although it was their job, you had to kind of say it the right way. You had to be like extra nice and you kind of had to massage them a little bit. In the military, in the ar ar army, they say, go do this. You, you do. I mean, and, and, and right. there's really not even that that attitude. There's a, you know, this is my job, this is what I'm supposed to do, and I do it, and that's that. And there's, an, no, there's an efficiency in the communications or something. There's an efficiency, and there's also an, uh, just um, the, an appreciation of, okay, you've, you've been given a lawful order, so you just do it. You know? And, and, and there's, no, there's no need to be kind of persuaded into it when it's your, it's your job to do it. In some cases, I think of movies, right? And, and, you know, barking orders and, you know, that sort of thing, right? And and people may not experience that as respectful or something in a workplace environment, right? But, but the barking orders, I mean, that the, the, the movies are, they, they do exaggerate things a little bit. I mean, there, there's some of that, especially in basic training. But when you come out of basic training and you get into your regular job, there's not really the barking of orders. There's just the... You're told to do something, and so you do it. Yeah. 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 And uh, frankly, it would be nice if that was the case. You know, as an employer, I think we would love to have people from that kind of culture that it's just you get it done. I think there's some real value there. And, and you know, for employers who are listening, you have a real opportunity to bring that level of efficiency and dynamic into your workplace when you hire veterans. I agree. And I, I traditionally, employers have favored veterans for that reason. Of course, there's going to be exceptions, but they will just do what you tell them to do as long as you're not telling them to do anything illegal, you know, and, and, it's, it's, and it's appropriate. So, yeah, I, I would agree with that. So when you left service, did you have any regret that you left? Actually, I didn't because um, even though I had to go through that period of adjustment, I knew it was time for me to go. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your experiences when you were serving. What did you do? You, you went overseas. I did. So I had more than one job when I was in the Army. Um, when I went to the, the 1990 uh, Gulf War, I was a, a hospital dietary assistant. I assisted dietitians in the preparation of special meals for you know, soldiers who, was, who were sick. 
in terms of the Gulf War, we were the, the first unit out of Fort Sill, Oklahoma, to deploy because we were a hospital, a, a field hospital unit. So we needed to, to go to the Persian Gulf area and get set up. Uh, and we got set up as far back from the, the front line as possible because we were a field hospital and we, we couldn't move. We weren't a MASH unit that would move around from different places. MASH stands for Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. We weren't mobile. Uh, we were a, a field um, hospital. We deployed first and we got set up in Bahrain. And our job was to um, fix any soldiers that could not be fixed in field, like with the, uh, with the, with the, with the medics, the combat medics. If they couldn't um, fix the person enough, if the person was too injured, they would get sent to our field hospital and we would treat them and they would recuperate there and get sent back to their unit. But um, if they were too injured even for us to handle them, uh, we would just stabilize them and then we would ship them back to Walter Reed. Mm. Wow. That's really amazing work to be dealing with the injuries and, and the healing process for these folks who have, who have given so much in battle. That's really powerful. Well, you're listening to Success Happens. I have with me today Angela McIntosh, and we're talking about being a, a female veteran and what it was like to be of service to this nation in the Army. And uh, this show is really to honor those who have served. And we thank you. If you're a veteran listening, thank you for your service. If you are somebody whose family member was in service, thank you because the families are in it with them. And we just appreciate all of you so very much. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Success Happens. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Sweeties on the Creek. We're scooping now. KW Photography and Design and Flamingo Pool Supply. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and I have with me today Angela McIntosh as we honor women who have served in the military and Angela was in the army spent 13 years serving this great country and traveled abroad and was in the first Gulf War now that you look at your life and where you are you strike me and I know you as somebody who's of service to people that's what you do what do you intend to do next I mean what are you doing now as a career what you're in law school so you want to become an attorney so tell us a little bit about this chapter. What I'm doing is I'm educating myself to go into the area of politics because um, our country has a great need of leadership that is um, genuinely American in character and in nature. And what I mean by that, um, America is desperately in need of leadership from people who understand and appreciate what it is to be an American from the very beginning. We need people who, who understand the foundational documents uh, uh, that uh, began our country, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, and how they framed and shaped our country into being what our country um, is meant to be, which is a land of freedom and opportunity and a land of decency as well. That's rarely mentioned. And when, when you go along this kind of discourse, we were meant to be a land of decency, a land of, of freedom and opportunity, yes. But um, this current environment that we're in right now, where anything goes in public discourse, that is wrong. That is wrong-headed. It is not the spirit of our nation. 
And certainly it is not the spirit of our nation for our leaders to in, to in any way be tyrannical because that is exactly what the founders of this nation was escaping. They were escaping tyranny from their government. So we need to go back to the original intent of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. And we need people who will govern in accordance with the original intent and spirit of those founding documents. So currently you're studying constitutional law. How is that impacting you right now in your life and and what your goals are? Well, the actual study of the Constitution to include the spirit and intent of it is helping me to understand with more clarity um, what we have lost and what we need to regain. Um, What I've come to understand about the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution is something that 99% of Americans, I can probably say this truthfully, 99% of Americans these days don't understand. And what that what that what I mean by that is that our Declaration of Independence is the charter for our nation and the Constitution is the way that that charter is carried out. It's, it's the plan. What's very cool about the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution that I have learned that I did not have an appreciation for is the fact that they are actually covenants. They're covenants. And there are covenants not um, – there's a history behind them being a covenant, but they are actually covenants. A, you mean that in a spiritual sense? I mean it in a civil sense. Okay. In a civil sense. Now, it, it is true that the founders of this nation were Christians, but nevertheless, they studied the Bible to understand how civil government was supposed to operate. And what they understood was that legitimate government – there's two aspects of a legitimate government, a legitimate in accordance to the eyes of God, a legitimate government is limited by God's law. It's the rule of law, not the rule of man. That's what that means, because the rule of man is arbitrary. It changes with the times. It changes with opinions. But the, the rule of God doesn't change. So it's, our government is uh, limited by the rule of God, and it is limited by a covenant with the people. Um, what many people don't understand is that the Mayflower Compact, which is the predecessor to our constitutional government, the Mayflower Compact was actually a covenant those pilgrims made with God. And I will quote to you to prove that part of that compact says, quote, solemnly and mutually in the presence of God and one of another covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic. For our better ordering and preservation and furtherance of the ends aforesaid. So they used the word covenant and they used civil body politic. What they were doing is that they were saying, God, we recognize you as the ultimate sovereign. And what we are doing here today is we are covenanting with you to form our civil government. And That was the history that our founders had. That was the example they drew from. And because they were also so biblically um, well-versed and entrenched with the scriptures. I mean, these are people who would read the Bible through every year and they would read it in English and then they would pick up the Hebrew and they'd read it in that. So you're listening to Success Happens and I have with me today Angela McIntosh, who is one of 
the ladies who has served in the military and and now here you are as a veteran and you're entrenched in the founding documents. That's really wonderful. Where are you going? What would you like to do? How can you be of service to our community? You've been a wonderful supporter of Dan Cox, who's running for governor. You and I are volunteering with him. And uh, so we're like-minded in that. And obviously what you're referring to with these covenants is there's a principled leadership, you guys, that we must have today. And it must it, tra- it must transcend humanity. In other words, it must transcend our sinful ways. What are your what are your future plans? Things have gotten to the point where I'm one of those people who's looking at the the environment and, and saying, you know, I, I I think I'm supposed to jump into the game not just with lip service but with actual physical service. And so toward that end, I'm throwing my hat in the ring for Maryland State Senator for my district. It's not something that I ever thought I would do, but it's not about me, is it? It's about our nation. It's about our country. You know, it's specifically about our state as a senator here in the state of Maryland. We're at that point now where those of us who know the truth, we need to step up and we need to be involved in a direct way, in an impactful way. That's wonderful. Well, how exciting. Congratulations. That's a big step. Thank you. And, you know, listen, you have my full support because I just think the world of you. And I I think that we would benefit so much from your leadership and your experience and your perspective. You are a compassionate person. I know currently you're working with a, an individual who's disabled. So, you, you know, thank you for the work that you do and the heartfelt commitment that you have. And everyone, I, I just want to say to all veterans, men and women, thank you for your service. Today is a day to honor you as we celebrate this next week, Veterans Day. And thank you, Angela, for being with us today. And thank you You're for welcome. trusting us with your secret and coming out and saying, this is what I plan to do. And, and you have uh, now the support of the listeners to stand behind you. So onward and upward. Thank you so much. All right, everybody, you've been listening to Success Happens on Free Talk 930 WFMD. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Sweeties on the Creek, we're scooping now, KW Photography and Design, and also Flamingo Pool Supply. Listen next Saturday morning at 9 a.m. for another great show right here on Free Talk 930 WFMD.